Lake Tzu exhibited his skill in archery to Po Han Wu Jen. When the bow was drawn to its full length, a cup of water was placed on his elbow, and he began to shoot. As soon as the first arrow was let fly, a second was already on the string, and then a third one followed. In the meantime, he stood unmoved, like a statue. Po Han Wu Jen said, The technique of shooting is fine, but it is not the technique of non-shooting. Let us go up to a high mountain and stand on a projecting rock, and then you try and shoot. They climbed up a mountain. Standing on a rock that projected over a precipice 10,000 feet high, Po Han Wu Jen moved backwards until one-third of his feet were overhanging the edge. Then he motioned Lei Tzu to come forward. Lei Tzu fell down on the ground with perspiration flowing down to his heels. Said Po Han Wu Jen, The perfect man soars up above the blue sky or dies down to the yellow springs or wanders all over the eight limits of the world yet shows no sign of change in his spirit. But you betray a sign of trepidation and your eyes are dazed. How can you expect to hit the target? Action 
comes from without goes within. The skill of no action comes from within flows without. Their dimensions are totally different, diametrically opposite. So first try to understand this, then we will be able to enter this story. For example, you can be a painter just by learning the art. You can learn all that can be taught in art schools. You can be skillful and you can paint beautiful pictures. Even you can become a renowned figure in the world. Nobody will be able to know. that this is just technique, unless you come across a master. But you will always be able to know that this is just a technique. Your hands have become skillful. Your head knows the know-how, but your heart is not flowing. You paint but you are not a painter. You create a work of art, but you are not an artist. You do it, but you are not in it. You do it as other things you do, but you are not a lover. You are not involved in it totally. Your inner being remains aloof, indifferent, standing by the side. Your head and your hands, they go on working, but you are not there. The painting will not carry your presence. It will not carry you. It may carry your signature but not your being. A master will immediately know because this painting will be that beautiful. You can decorate a corpse also. You can paint a corpse also. Even on the lips you can put lipstick and they will look red. But lipstick, however red, cannot have the warmth of flowing blood. Those lips painted, but no life in it. You can create a beautiful painting, but it's, it will not be alive. It can be alive only if you flow in it. That's the difference between a master when he paints and an ordinary painter. The ordinary painter really always imitates because the painting is not growing within him. It is not something 
with which he is pregnant he will imitate others he will have to look for ideas he may imitate nature that makes no difference he may look at a tree and paint it but the tree has not grown within him look at one gog's trees they are absolutely different you cannot find like a tree like that in the world of nature they are totally different they are one gog's creations he is living through the trees there are not these ordinary trees around you he has not copied them from nature he has not copied them from anybody else if he was a god then he would have created those trees in the world in the painting he is the god he is the creator he is not imitating even the creator of the universe he is simply being himself his trees are so high they go and touch the moons and the stars somebody asked one go what type of trees are these from where you got the idea one was said i don't go on getting ideas from anywhere these are my trees if i was the creator my trees will touch the stars because my trees are desires of the earth dreams of the earth to touch the stars earth trying to reach to touch the stars hands of the earth dreams and desires of the earth but these trees are not imitations these are one god trees a creator has something to give to the world something he is pregnant with of course even for a one god technique is needed because hands are needed even one god cannot paint without hands if you cut his hands what he will do he also needs technique but technique is just a way to communicate technique is just the vehicle the medium the technique is not the message the medium is not the message the medium is simply a vehicle to carry the message he has a message every artist is a prophet has to be every artist is a creator has to be he has something to share of course technique is needed 
If I have to say something to you, words are needed. But if I am saying only words, then there is no message. Then this whole thing is just a chattering. When you are throwing garbage on others. But if words carry my silence, if words carry my wordless message to you, only then something is being said. When something is to be said, it has to be said in words, but that which has to be said is not words. When something has to be painted, it has to be painted by colors and bruise and canvas and the whole technique is needed, but the technique is not the message. Through the me medium, the message is given, but the medium in itself is not enough. A technician has the medium, he may have the perfect medium, but he has nothing to deliver. He has no message. His heart is not overflowing. He is doing something with the hand and with the head. Because the learning is in the head and the know-how, the skill is in the hand. Head and hand cooperate but the heart remains aloof, untouched. Then painting will be there but without a heart there will be no beat in it, there will be no pulse of life in it, no blood will flow in it. Very difficult to see. You can see only if you know the difference within yourself. Take another example which will be easier to understand. You love a person. You kiss, you hold his or her hand in your hand, you embrace, you make love. All these things can be done to a person you don't love. Exactly the same kiss, exactly the same embrace. In the same way you are holding the hand, making love, the same gestures, same movements, but you don't love the person. What will be the difference? Because as far as action is concerned, there is no difference. You kiss. And you kiss in the same way, as perfectly the same as possible. The medium is there, but the message is not there. You are skillful, but your heart is not there. The kiss is dead. It is not like a bird on wing. It is like a dead stone. You can make the same movements while making love, but those movements will be more like yoga exercises. There will not be love. You go to a prostitute, she knows the technique. 
better than your beloved. She has to know. She is professionally skillful. But you will not get love there. If you meet the prostitute on the street next, next day, she will not even recognize you. She will not even say hello. Because no relationship exists. It was not a contact. The other person was not there. While making love to you, she may have been thinking about her lover. She was not there. She cannot be. Prostitutes have to learn the technique how not to be there. Because the whole thing is so ugly. You cannot sell love. You can sell the body. You cannot sell your heart. You can sell your skills. For a prostitute making love, it's just a professional thing. She is doing it for the money. And she has to learn how not to be there. So she will think of her lover. She will think of thousands and one things, but not about you, the per person who is present there. Because to think about the person who is there will create a disturbance. She will not be there, absent. She will make movements. She is skillful in that. But she is not involved. This is the point of this anecdote. You can become so perfect that you can deceive the whole world. But how you will deceive yourself? And if you cannot deceive yourself, you cannot deceive an enlightened master. He will see through all the tricks that you have created around you. He will see that you are not there in your technique. If you are an archer, you may hit the target perfectly, but that is not the point. Even a prostitute brings you to orgasm, but that is not the point. She hits the target as perfectly as possible, sometimes even more perfectly than your own beloved. Because a person remains incomplete, a technique can become easily complete. A person remains incomplete unless he becomes enlightened. You cannot expect perfection from a person before enlightenment, but you can expect perfection in a skill. You cannot expect perfection in the being, but in the doing it can be expected. There is no problem about it. A archer can hit the target, 
without ever missing it and may not be in it. He has learned the technique, he has become a mechanism, a robot. It is simply done by the head and the hand. Now, let us try to penetrate this story. But the art of archery in Japan and in China, meditation has been taught, taught through many skills. There is the difference between Indian meditation and Chinese and Buddhist and uh, Japanese. In India, meditation has been taken away from all action in life. It in itself is the total thing that created a difficulty. That's why in India religion by and by died. It created a difficulty and the difficulty is this. If you make meditation the whole thing, then you become a burden on the society. Then you cannot go to the shop, you cannot go to the office, you cannot work in the factory. Meditation becomes your whole life. You simply meditate. In India, Millions of people simply adjusted meditating. They became a burden on the society. And the burden was too much. Somewhere or other, the society had to stop it. Even now, today, Almost 10 million sannyasis exist in India. Now they are not respected. Only few, even 10 in those 10 millions are not respected. They have become just beggars. Because of this attitude, that when you do meditation, when religion becomes your life, then only religion then you drop all life, then you renounce. So Indian meditation has been, in a way, anti-life. You can tolerate few persons, but you cannot tolerate millions. And if the whole country becomes a meditator, then what you will do? And if meditation cannot be available for each and everybody, that means even religion exists only for the few. Even in religion, the class exists. Even God is not available to all. No, that cannot be. God is available to all. In India, Buddhism died. Buddhism died in India, the country of its source. 
because Buddhist monks became a heavy burden. Millions of Buddhist monks, the country could not tolerate them. It was impossible to support them. They had to disappear. Buddhism completely disappeared. The greatest flowering of Indian consciousness and it disappeared. Because you cannot exist like a parasite. Few days, okay. Few years, okay. India tolerated. It is a great tolerating country. It tolerates everything. But then there is a limit. Thousands of monasteries filled with thousands of monks. It became impossible for this poor country to continue to support them. They had to disappear. In China, in Japan, Buddhism survived because Buddhism took a change. It passed through a mutation. It dropped the idea of renouncing life. Rather, on the contrary, it made life an object of meditation. So whatsoever you do, you can do meditatively. So there is no need to leave it. And this was a new growth. This is the base of Zen Buddhism. Life is not to be denied. A Zen monk goes on working. He will work in the garden. He will work in the farm. And he lives on his own labor. He is not a parasite. He is a lovely person. He need not bother about the society. And he is more free from the society than the one who has renounced. How can you be free from the society if you have renounced it? Then you become a parasite, not free. And a parasite cannot have freedom. This is my message also. Be in the society and be a sannyasin. Don't become a parasite. Don't become dependent on anybody. Because every sort of dependence ultimately will make you a slave. It cannot make you a mukta. It cannot make you an absolutely free person. In Japan, in China, they started to use many things, skills, as an object, as in help, as a support to meditation. Archery is one of them. And archery is beautiful because it is a very subtle skill and you need much alertness to be skillful in it. Lihitasu exhibited his skill in archery to Bohum Vujain. Bohum Vujain is an enlightened master. Lihitasu himself became enlightened later on. This story belongs to the days of his seeking. Lihitasu himself became a master in his own right. 
But this is the story before he became enlightened. Lehitazu exhibited the, the desire to exhibit is the desire of an ignorant mind. Why you want to exhibit? Why do you want that people should know you? What's the cause of it? And why you make it so significant in your life, the exhibition? That people should know that you are somebody very significant, important, extraordinary. Why? Because you don't have a self. You have only an ego. A substitute for the self. Ego is not substantial. Self is substantial but that is not known to you. And a man cannot live without the feeling of I. It is difficult to live without the feeling of I. Then from which center, what center you will work and function. You need a I. Even if it is false, it will be helpful. Without a I, you will simply disintegrate. Who will be the integrator, agent within you? Who will integrate you? From what center you will function? Unless you know the self, you will have to live with an ego. Ego means a substitute self, a false self. You don't know the self, so you create a self of your own. It is a mental creation. And for anything that is false, you have to make supports. Exhibition gives you support. If somebody says you are a beautiful person, you start feeling that you are beautiful. If nobody says, it will be difficult for you to feel that you are beautiful. You will start suspecting, doubting. Even if you say to an ugly person continuously that you are beautiful, the ugliness will drop from his mind. He will start feeling he is beautiful. Because the mind depends on others opinions. It accumulates opinions, depends on them. The ego depends what people say about you. The ego feels good if people feel good about you. If they feel bad, the ego feels bad. If they don't give you any attention, the supports are withdrawn. If many people give you attention, they feed your ego. That's why so much attention is asked continuously. Even a small child asks for attention. He may go on playing silently, but a guest comes. And the mother has said to the child that when the guest comes, he has to be silent. Don't create any noise and don't create any disturbance. But when the guest comes, the child has to do something. 
because he also wants the attention and he wants more because he is accumulating an ego just growing he needs more food and he has been told to keep silence that is impossible he will have to do something even if he has to harm himself he will fall harm can be tolerated but the attention must be paid to him everybody must pay attention he must become the center of attention once i stood in a home the child must have been told that while i am here he is not to do any trouble he has to remain quiet and everything but the child cannot remain quiet he wanted my attention also so he started creating noise running here and there throwing things and the mother was angry and she told many times admonished the child that listen i am going to beat you if you go on doing this but he won't listen then finally said to the child listen go to that chair and sit there now very gesture and the child understood now it is too much and she is going to beat so he went to the chair sat there on the chair glared at the mother and said very meaningfully that okay i am sitting on the outside but on the inside i am standing from the childhood to the final ultimate day of your death you go on asking for attention when a person is dying the only idea that is in his mind almost always is what people will say when i am dead how many people will come to give me the last goodbye will be published in the newspapers is any newspaper going to write an editorial these are the thoughts from the very beginning to the last we look what others say it must be a deep need attention is food for the ego only a person who has attained to the self drops that need when you have a center your own you need not ask others attentions then you can live alone even in the crowd you will be alone even in the world you will be alone you will move in the crowd but alone 
right now you cannot be alone. Right now if you go to the Himalayas and move into a dense forest, sitting under a tree, you will wait somebody to pass by. At least somebody who can carry the message to the world that you have become a great hermit. You will wait, you will open your eyes many times to see has somebody come yet or not? Because you have heard the stories and when somebody renounces the world, the whole world comes to his feet. And up till now nobody has reached, no newspaper man, no reporters, no cameraman, nobody. You cannot go to the Himalayas. When the need for attention drops, you are in the Himalayas wherever you are. Lehitasu exhibited his skill in archery. Why exhibit? He was still concerned with the ego. He was still looking for attention. And he showed his skill to Pohum Bujain, who was an enlightened master, a very old man. The story says he was almost 90. Very, very old when Lehtasu went to see him. Why? To Pohum. Because he was a renowned master. And if he says, yes, Lehtasu, you are the greatest archer in the world. It will be such a vital foot that one can live it on forever and ever. When the bow was drawn to its full length, a cup of water was placed on his elbow and he began to shoot. And even a single drop will not come out of the water, of the full cup placed on the elbow and he is shooting. As soon as the first arrow was let fly, a second was already on the string. And then a third one followed. In the meantime, he stood unmoved like a statue. Great skill. But Pohun Gujain was not impressed. Because the moment you want to exhibit, you have missed. The very effort to exhibit shows that you have not attained to the self. And if you have not attained to the self, you can stand like a statue on the outside, in the inside, you will be running, following many, many motivations, desires and dreams. Outside you may be unmoving, inside 
all sorts of movements will be going there together simultaneously. In many directions you must be running. Outside you can become a statue, that is not the point. It is said of Bokoju, he went to his master, for two years he sat before his master near him, just like a statue, a marble statue of Buddha. By the beginning of the third year, the master came, gave a whack with his staff and told Bokuju, you stupid, we have thousand and one Buddha statues here, we don't need any more. Because his master lived in a temple where there were one thousand and one Buddha statues. He said, if they are enough, what are you doing here? Statues are not needed. A different state of being. It is very easy to sit silently on the outside. What's difficult in it? Just a little training is needed. I have seen men, I have seen one man, very much respected in India. He has been standing for ten years. Even he sleeps standing. His legs have become so thick and swollen, now he cannot bend his legs. People respect him very much. But when I went to see him, he wanted to see me alone. And then he asked, tell me how to meditate. My mind is very much disturbed. Standing ten years like a statue, he has not sat, he has not slept. But the problem remains the same. How to meditate? How to become silent inside? Unmoving outside, many movements inside. They may be even more than they are with you. Because your energy is divided, much energy is needed for body movements. A man who is strings without moving, his whole energy moves inwards in the mind. He becomes inside mad, but people respect him and that has become an exhibition. Ego is fulfilled, but the Self is nowhere to be found. Pohun Vujain said, the technique of suiting is fine. You did well. Beautiful. But it is not the technique of non-suiting. This may be a little bit difficult. Because in Zen, they say that the technique of suiting is just the beginning. To know how to suit is just the beginning. 
but to know how not to shoot and the arrow shoots by itself is to know the end try to understand when you shoot the ego is there the doer and what is the art of non shooting the arrow shoots in that too it reaches to the target in that too but target is not the point it may even miss the target that is not the point the point is inside there should be no doer the source is the point when you put an arrow on the bow you should not be there you should be as if non existent absolutely empty and the arrow shoots by itself no doer inside then there can be no ego you are so much one with the whole process that there is no division you are lost in it the act and the actor are not two not even a slight distinction that i am the doer and this is my action it takes many years to attain and if you don't understand it is very difficult to attain it if you understand the thing you create the possibility harry gel a german seeker worked for 3 years with his master in japan and he was a archer when he reached to japan he was already a archer and a perfect because 100% his targets were touched by the arrow there was no question when he reached he was already a archer just like leaders but the master laughed he said yes you are skilled in the shooting but what about non shooting he said what is this non shooting never heard the master said then i will teach you 3 years passed he became more and more skillful and the target became nearer and nearer and nearer he became absolutely perfect there was nothing lacking and he was worried because this is the problem for the western mind east looks mysterious illogical east is he couldn't understand this master is he a madman because now he is absolutely perfect he cannot find a single fault and he goes on saying no and this is the problem the gulf between eastern and the western approach towards life the master goes on saying no goes on rejecting he started getting frustrated he said but with 
where is the fault? Show me the fault and I can learn how to go beyond it. The Master says there is no fault. You are faulty. There is no fault. Your suiting is perfect. But that is not the point. You are faulty. When you suit, you are there. You are too much there. The arrow reaches to the target. That's right. But that is not the point. Why you are there too much? Why exhibition? Why ego? Why you can't simply suit without being there? And Herigel, of course, continued arguing that how one can suit without being there, then who will suit? A very rational approach. Then who will suit? And the master will say, just look at me. And Herigel also felt that his master has a different quality. But that quality is mysterious and you cannot catch it. He felt it many times and when the master suits, it is really different. As if he becomes the arrow, the bow. As if the master is no more there. He is completely one, undivided. Then he started asking how to do this. The master said, this is not a technique. You have to understand. And you have to soak into that understanding more and more and sink into it. Three years last and then Herigel understood that this is not possible. Either this man is mad or it is not possible for a Westerner to attain this non-suiting. I have wasted three years, now it is time to go. So he asked the master, said, the master said, yes, you can go. Harry Glass, can you give me a certificate that for three years I was learning with you? He said, no, because you have not learned anything. You have been three years with me, but you have not learned anything. All that you have learned, you have could learn in Germany also. There was no need to come here. The day he was to leave, he just went to say goodbye. And the master was teaching to other disciples. And the master was sowing. It was just morning. And the sun was rising. And there were birds singing. And Herigel was now unworried. Because decided once decision is taken, the worry disappears. He was not worried. For these three years he was tense in the mind how to attain. How to fulfill the condition of this madman. But now there was no worry. He has decided he is leaving. He has booked. By the evening he will leave and all this nightmare is left behind. Just waiting for the master so when he is finished with his disciples he can say goodbye and thank you and leave. So he was sitting on a bench for the first time. Suddenly he felt something.
he looked at the master the master was pulling the string of the bow and as if he was not walking toward the master he suddenly found himself standing and walking from the bench he reached to the master took the bow from his hand the arrow left the bow and the master said good fine you have attained now i can give you a certificate and herigul says yes that they are attained i know now the difference that there something happened by itself i was not the suitors i was not there at all i was just sitting on the bench relaxed there was no tension no worry no thinking about it i was not concerned remember this because you are also near a madman it is very difficult to fulfill my conditions it is almost impossible but it is possible also and it will happen only when you have done everything that you can do and you come to the point to say goodbye and you come to the point where you would like to leave me and go away it will come to you only when you come to the point where you think drop all these meditations and everything the whole things is nightmares then there is no worry but don't forget to come to me and say goodbye otherwise you may leave without attaining things start happening when you are finished with the effort when the effort has been done totally of course herigel was total in his effort that's why in 3 years he could finish the whole thing if you are partial fragmentary your effort is not total in 3 lives may not be enough if you are lukewarm in your effort then you will never come to a point when the whole effort becomes useless be total in the effort learn the whole technique that is possible to do meditation do everything that you can do don't withhold anything don't try to escape from anything do it wholeheartedly then there comes a point a peak where no more can be done when you come to the point where no more can be done and you have done all and i will go on saying no this is not enough my no is needed to bring you to the total to the final 
to the peak from where no more going is possible and you don't know how much you can do. You have tremendous energy which you are not using. You are using, using only a fragment. Then you will never come to the point where Harigel reached. I call that Harigel point. But he did well. He did whatsoever could be done. On his part, he was not saving anything. Then the boiling point comes. At that boiling point is the door. The whole effort becomes so useless, so futile. You are not reaching anywhere through it, you drop it. A sudden relaxation and the door opens. Now you can meditate without being a meditator. Now you can meditate without even meditating. Now you can meditate without your ego being there. Now you become the meditation, there is no meditator. Actor becomes the action, meditator becomes meditation. The archer becomes the bow, the arrow. And the target is not there outside somewhere hanging on a tree. The target is you, inside you. The source, this is what Pohun Gujain said. He said the technique of suiting is fine. Of course, Lee Tazu was a good suitor, a perfect archer. But it is not the technique of non-suiting. Let us go up to a high mountain and stand on a projecting rock and then you try and suit. What he is bringing leads us to outside is perfect but the soul is still trembling. Action is perfect but the being is still shaking. The fear is there, death is there. He has not known himself yet. He is not a knower. Whatsoever he is doing is just from the head and the hand. The third edge is, is still not in it. Remember always to have all the three edges together. The hand, the heart and the head. You have learned the three R's, now learn three edges. And always remember that the head is so cunning that it can deceive you. It can give you the feeling that, okay, all the three H are there. Because as a skill becomes skillful, 
as you become more and more technically perfect the head says what else is needed head means the west heart means the east the head says everything is okay harry gill is head the master is the heart and the master looks mad and remember for the head heart always looks mad the head always says you keep quiet you don't come in otherwise you will create a mess let me tackle the whole thing i have learned everything i know the arithmetic and i know how to deal and technically the head is always correct the heart is technically always wrong because the heart knows no technique it knows only the feeling it knows only the poetry of being it knows no technique it knows no grammar it is a poetic phenomenon let us go to the high mountain said the old master very very old 90 years old and stand on a projecting rock and then you try and shoot then we will see they climbed up a mountain standing on a rock that projected over a precipice 10000 feet high and remember that is the difference between the head and the heart 10000 feet high is the heart on a projecting rock overlooking a 10000 feet deep valley whenever you move nearer to the heart you will feel dizzy with head everything is on level ground it is a highway concrete with the head you move into the forest with the heart you move into the forest no highways ups and downs everything mysterious unknown hidden in a mist nothing is clear it is a labyrinth it is not a highway it is more like a puzzle 10000 feet high somewhere nietzsche has reported that once it happened that suddenly he found himself 10000 feet high higher 10000 from time as if time is a valley and he found himself 10000 feet away and high from time itself 
the day he has reported this in his diary is the day he went mad the day he has reported this in his diary is the day his madness came in it is a very dizzy point one can get one can go mad the nearer you move towards heart and you will feel you are moving nearer madness what are you doing things get dizzy the known leaves you behind the unknown enters all maps become useless because no maps exist for the heart all maps exist for the conscious mind it is a clear cut thing in it you are secure that's why love gives you fear death gives you fear meditation gives you fear wherever you are moving towards the center fear grips you they climbed up a mountain standing on a rock that projected over a precipice 10000 feet high pohun bujain moved backwards not forwards on this projecting rock 10000 feet high he moved backwards Pohun Bujain moved backwards until one third of his feet were overhanging on the edge and backwards. He then motioned Lee Dazu to come forward. It is said that this 90-year-old man was almost bent. He couldn't stand erect. He was very, very old. This bent old man. Half of his feet were overhanging the edge. Not even looking that way. Backwards. He then motioned Lihitazu to come forward. that is where i am standing and calling you to come forward leetazu fell down on the ground he will not come near him wherever he was standing far away from the the projecting precipice leetazu fell down on the ground the very idea to come closer to this old madman who is just standing overhanging on death any moment he will fall and will not be found ever with perspiration flowing down his heels leetazu fell down on the ground with perspiration flowing down to his heels remember first perspiration comes to the head when the feet
fear starts, first you perspire on the head. Heel is the last thing. When fear enters so deep in you, that not only the head is perspiring, but the heels are perspiring. Then the whole being is filled with fear and trembling. And he could not stand, he could not stand even the idea of coming nearer to the old master. Said Pohun Bujen, the perfect man soars up above the blue sky or dives down to the yellow springs or wanders all over the eight limits of the world yet shows no sign of change in his spirit. Lehtaju, why you are so much perspiring to the very hills and why you have fallen there on the ground dejt why this change in spirit? Why you are sitting so much? Why this trembling? What is the fear? Because a perfect man has no fear. Perfection is fearlessness. Because a perfect man knows there is no death. Even if this old Pohun Vujain falls, he knows he cannot fall. Even if the body settled to millions of pieces and nobody can found it again, he knows he cannot die. He will remain as he is, only something on the periphery will disappear, the center remains, remains always as it is. Death is not for the center. The cyclone is only on the periphery. The cyclone never reaches to the center. Nothing ever reaches to the center. The perfect man is centered. He is rooted in his being. He is fearless. He is not unafraid. No. He is not a brave man. No. He is simply fearless. A brave man is one who has fear, but goes against his fear. And a coward is one who has also fear, goes with his fear. They don't differ brave and cowards. They don't differ basically. They both have fears. The brave is one. In spite of the fear, he goes. The coward is one who follows his fear. But a perfect man is neither. He is simply fearless. He is neither coward, he is not, neither brave. He simply knows that death is a myth. Death is a lie, the greatest lie. Death does not exist. 
Remember, for a perfect man, death does not exist. Only life, our God exists. For you, God does not exist. Only death exists. The moment you feel deathlessness, you have felt the Divine. The moment you feel deathlessness, you have felt the very source of life. The perfect man's source of above the blue sky or dives down to the yellow springs or wanders all over the eight limits of the world, yet shows no sign of change in his spirit. Change may happen on the periphery, but in his spirit there is no change. Inside he remains unmoving. Inside he remains eternally the same. But you betray a sign of trepidation, and your eyes are dazed. Leetazu, how can you expect to hit the target? Because if you are trembling within, howsoever exact you hit the target, it cannot be the exact, because inside trembling will tremble your hand. It may be invisible, but it will be there. For all outwardly purposes, you may have hit the target, but for inward purposes you have missed. How can you hit the target? So the basic thing is not to hit the target, the basic thing is to attain a non-trembling being. Then whether you hit the target or not is secondary. That is for children to decide and child's play. This is the difference between the art of suiting and the art of non-suiting. It is possible that this master, old master, may miss the target. It is possible. But still he knows the art of non-suiting. Lehtasu never will miss, miss the target, but still he has missed the real target, he has missed himself. So there are two points, the source from where the arrow moves and the end where the arrow reaches. Religion is always concerned with the source from where all the arrows move. It is not the point where they reach. It is the basic thing is from where they move. Because if they move from a non-trembling being, they will attain the target. They have already attained. Because in the source is the end. In the beginning is the end. In the seed is the tree. In the alpha is the omega. So the basic thing is not to be worried about the result. The essential is to think, to meditate, 
about the source whether my gesture is a perfect love gesture or not is not the point whether love is flowing or not if love is there it will find its own technique if love is there it will find its own skills but if love is not there and you are skilled in the technique the technique cannot find its love remember this the center will always find its periphery but the periphery cannot find the center the being will always find its morality its character but the character will not find its being you cannot move from without towards within there is only one way energy flows from within towards without the river cannot move if there is no source no originating source then the whole thing will be false if you have the source the river will move and it will attend to the ocean there is no problem where ever it goes it will reach to the target if source is overflowing you will attain and if you simply playing with techniques and toys you will miss in the west particularly technology has become so important that even in human relationship it has entered because you know too much about techniques you are trying to convert everything into technology that's why books thousands of books are every year published about love the technique how to attain orgasm how to make love even love has become a technological problem and orgasm a technological thing it has to be solved by technicians if love has also become a technological problem then what is left then nothing is left then the whole life is just a technology then you have to know the know how but you miss you miss the real target which is the source technique is good as far as it goes but it is secondary it is non essential the essential is the source and one must first look for the source and then the technique can come it is good you learn technique it is good people come to me 
and I see they are always concerned with the technique. They ask how to meditate. They don't ask what is meditation. How? They ask how to attain peace. They never ask what is peace, as if they already know. Mullah Nasuddin killed his wife and then there was a case in the court. The judge said to Nasuddin that, Nasruddin, you go on insisting again and again that you are a peace-loving man. What type of peace-loving man you are? And you killed your wife. Nasruddin said, yes, I repeat again that I am a peace-loving man. You don't know. When I killed my wife, such peace descended on her face. And for the first time in my house, there was peace all over. And I still insist that I am a peace-loving man. Because you can forget the source completely. This is the point. This old master, Pohun Bujain,
the ultimate happens to you only when there is no method because only then you are open the ultimate will knock at your door only when you are not there when you are absent you are ready because when you are absent only then there is a space for the ultimate to enter in you then you become a womb if you are there you are always too much there is not even a slight gap a space for the ultimate to enter in you and the ultimate is vast you have to be so vastly empty so infinitely empty only then there is a possibility of the meeting that's why i go on saying you will never be able to meet god because when god comes you will not be there and until you are he cannot come you are the barrier enough for today